The Gemara that we have today at the bottom of Chafbeiz Amud Beis works on the Mishnah on Chafbeiz Amud Aleph, which is um, If you make the schach thick like a kind of a house, says Rashi, that means you make very thick schach. Even if you can't see the stars, it's still kosher. Um, and it's on that, on that that the Gemara goes. This, this halacha was, was an example and a cause of great childhood trauma for me. Because uh, it was an example of... My father used to love thick schach, and he used to make the schach very thick. And my friends used to come to our sukkah and say, what kind of sukkah is this? You can't see the stars. And I don't know why I never asked my father the question. Before I'd learned the Mishnah or anything, I just went around with this inferiority complex that my father doesn't know the halacha, all my friends know, and, and my father doesn't. And I kind of went around that for a long time. And there were lots and lots of things like that. But when you start learning, you realize that he actually was a Talmud Chochem. He actually knew, knew what he was talking about. Uh, and he used to like tikzchach. But here the Mishnah says, it seems to say that's only b'dievet. L'chadchile, you should see the stars. B'dievet, it's kosher. Says the Gemara, Tanu Rabbanon Hamuuve Kemin Bayit Afapish Enka Chavim Nirei Metuchak Sheira. The Brisa goes up, brings the Mishnah and goes further than that, and then adds En Kochve Chamanirin Metucha. What happens if you can't even see the stars of the sun? What are the stars of the sun? Says Rashi, they Kochve Chamal Kashe Chamaz Orachat Alia. When the sun is shining on the sukkah, and you can't see the sparkles of sunshine through the schach, then Beishamai says, if you can't even see the sunshine, Beishamai poslim, and even B'dievet it's possible. Even if you can't even see the sunshine. That's B'dievet, but, but, in, but in all cases, there seems to be a bit of a, a difference between the Bryce and the Mishnah. Our Bryce seems to imply, the Mishnah seems to imply if you can't see stars at night. B'dievet, it's kosher, implying the you should see stars at night. The Bryce says if you can't see sunlight, it's kosher, according to Basilo, implying that the you should be able to see sunlight, but you don't have to see stars. So there's a lot that goes on in the Rishonim and the Poskim. There's an important Yerushalmi, which I've got for you in the sources. This, which it says in the Mishnah, implies that you've got to be able to see the stars. Rabbi Levi, B'Shem Rabbi Chama Bar-Chanina, Rabbi Levi, B'Shem Rabbi Chama Bar-Chanina, says that's talking about the sun. You should be able to see the sunlight. But even if you can't see the sunlight, it, it, it's all right. Or maybe the Yerushalmi is saying, that the stars, and maybe even the okay, but to see the sunlight from the star, from the sun, that even b'dievet maybe you need. When the Rosh brings the Yerushalmi, he explains it and says, This which it says that you need to have stars, that's l'chatchile, but as it says in the Brayse, betil machshirim. It says, Beit Hillel is machshir. He paskins that the suki is kosher. It was already done. He doesn't say it. It's lachatchila. Beit Hillel machshirin means, if you ask Beit Hillel the shayla, you've already built the suki in such a way you can't see the stars. He's machshir. That's bedieved. But lachatchila, tzadik shuyunirin mitoicha, but lachatchila, you should be able to see the stars. And the Bach on the tour goes into a long discussion about what the Rosh means. The tour himself brings the halacha, 
and just says he doesn't even bring the Yerushalmi, he puts them into the same bucket. You should see lighter during the night and during the daytime. You should be able to see a But even if you can see neither of them, it's okay. But Rabbi Nutam posok sheimasa avamod sheinam atariah chol leredba. But Rabbi Nutam is is mechadish. Okay, you can't see the light, you can't see the sunlight. But when it rains, the rain must be able to drip. Afagav de beitilu machshirin muuvo kemin bayit ha'inu dafke shein kochavim v'chamanirim mitocha, aval kesheinu yacholim lahamata betocha lahamtilut betocha psula afilu de beitilu. If it can't even rain, says the, the Rabbeinu Tam, we don't know where the Makor for this is, the Korban, the Sanal, and others explain where the Makor is. But the Rosh ad, the two ads, V'adoni Avi Zal, that's my father, the Rosh, the two was the son of the Rosh. Lo he doesn't even bring Rabbeinu Tam. And that's why the, the um, Shulchan Aruch Paskins, simply, the normal thing is to put on light so that you should see the big stars. So he adds another another dimension here. What is Kochvechamo? The Shulchanorach holds Kochvechamo means the, the sun-like stars, the big, the big stars. But if it was very thick like a house where you can't see anything, even though you can't see the stars, it's still kosher. Um, uh, certainly, Bidi Evid, and he mentions nothing about the rain. Where does all this come, come from? It's interesting that there's no discussion in the Gemara as to the reason for this being, whether it's a, a Dirat Arai or it isn't a Dirat Arai. If you can't see the stars, you can't see the sun, if you, the rain can't come through, there's no mention that the discussion here is whether this makes it a permanent abode. It's built, it's too solid, it's, it's, as the, the lotion of the Mishnah is. Um, that that so you would think that the problem is that you're making it like a dirat keva, you're making it like a, a, a structure, like a building with a proper roof, but we don't see that anywhere as being the reason because the question of dirat keva firstly, we already learned according to Samri Shonim, dirat keva and dirat arai is about the way you live in the sukkah not about the structure of the sukkah and even where it is about the structure of the sukkah it's about how high the, the walls are how, how strong the walls are what the Srach is made from. I mean, there, there are other areas where we talk about Dirat Keva and Dirat Arai, but this particular issue about how thick the Srach has to be doesn't seem to have anything to do with whether it's Dirat Arai or Dirat Keva. And we see that Lechat everybody agrees there's got to be some gap, whether it's to be able to see stars or it's to be able to see sunlight. Or according to Rabbi Yudutam, it's at least that there should be drops of water that come through when there's a heavy a heavy downpour, there needs to be some porosity in the roof. It can't be solid. And, and the reason isn't given because that's Dirat Keva. So what is the reason that this could be? So we have a most beautiful Prima Godim here. The Prima Godim was Rabbi Yosef Tumim. This is 18th century. The 18th century was just an amazing time. When you look at, at how much Torah was being, an innovative new Torah was being developed during the 18th century. And it's interesting that it was also in the in the non-Jewish world as well, the 18th century was a time of such breakthroughs and innovation in thinking in every area. It's interesting to know what what the 18th century was about that it, that it unlocked so much genius, uh, both in Torah and in the in the general world. And the Prima Godin, the Prima Godin was really interesting because a lot of his life he was a cheder teacher. Um, 
and, and he left his job as a cheder teacher in, in Komarne in, in Ukraine because he was being distracted from writing. He wrote many svarim. The most important svarim that he wrote are called the Prima Godim, which is a perush on Orachaim and Yoradeh. It's a perush on perushim. So in Orachaim we've got the Taz and the Mogen Avrom, and the Prima Godim writes a perush on every seif of every Taz and every Mogen Avrom. And in Yoradeh we've got Shach and Taz. And the Prima Godim writes a perush on every Shach and on every Taz. Um, and when, when I was in Yeshiva and we learned Yoradeh for Smichel, we had to learn every Prima Godim. I don't think that's required today. Um, it's, so, it's so foundational. The Prima Godim is foundational to Halacha. And he had a very straightforward way of thinking because he was a Melamed. He used to sign his tshuvas as Hamelamed, not as a, a Rov. Later on he became the Rov in Frankfurt and, and in Lvov in these places. But he always saw himself as a Melamed, as a teacher. Um, and uh, never considered himself very bright. He never allowed questions during his shiurim because he used to say it confused him. Um, and he just, he really always considered himself, he was an incredibly hard worker, and he wrote, and, and we have the Prima Godim. And, and he writes, This that you've got to have stars, he says, If somewhere in the sukkah you have a little hole, where if you look through the hole, you'll see, you'll see the stars, then, then that works. Once I was at a Pesach program, and there was a, in Canada, and there was an, uh, I was standing by the reception. There was an elderly couple who were complaining. They booked a room with a, a lake view, and they haven't got a room with a lake view. And the receptionist said, no, no, you do. In, in the bathroom, if you open the bathroom window, you stand on the toilet seat, and you look out the window. To the right, you'll see the lake. Um, that's called the lake That's called the lake view. Says the Prima Godim, you need a star view. Just from one little hole, if you've got one aperture in the schach that you can look through and you can see the kechavim, you can see the stars, that's enough. I remember my father used to say that based on this prima. As long as somewhere you can climb up on a chair and look through a hole and you can see the stars, that's fine. She is co- Why? She is kor mi bara ele. The reason is to be able to remember, remind yourself who created them. Viliot gerba aret and to feel impermanent in the world. So why, why stars? I mean, you can get that from all sorts of things. Kemoshi katuv yareach kechavim asher konanta. Uh, because you see that in the posuk, which I bring below. But if you can't even, there's not even rain, according to Rabbi Tam, something, you've got to have some connection with nature. You've got to have some connection with the wonders of nature and be afraid of nature, be in awe of nature. And he brings the posuk, in, and the, what's important is the continuation of the tehidim, all three psukim, because you see from here what we're meant to be feeling in the sukkah. When I see the sky, I see it's your handiwork. There's nothing that it could be. I was watching a documentary on, on Netflix on colors in nature, how animals and you use colors. And I'm thinking to myself, this is which people say it's all evolution. Yeah, of course it's all evolution. But who designed the evolution? It's like somebody would, be, would say that, that Google is only algorithms. There's nobody behind it. It's algorithms. And, and I could imagine one day AI will say, I was created by algorithms. And we little AI robots and we're saying, I was created by ev- evolution is an algorithm. That's what evolution is. Who wrote the algorithm? That's what you've got to read. You look at says, David Amelech, when I look at the stars, I see who wrote the algorithm. Everything else you can say maybe. But you look up into Shamayim, you can see who wrote the algorithm. This is Maaseh, it's Be'otecha. Yareach v'kochavim asher konanta, the way each one is placed in its place. 
And what's the next posuk? And that leads me to feel so what is a human being? In the, in the midst of all of this, who are we? What are we? And in the next posuk, but don't let that lead you to depression. And yet, we're just a little bit less than angels, than Hashem himself. Explains that the, the Matsudas, our ability to speak, to conceptualize, to communicate, to think, in that we're little less to than God himself, we're little less than the angels. And we're that paradox of on the one hand being irrelevant little things in the world. When you look at Shomayim, and on the other hand, we, who are we? We're amazing what a human being is. <clears throat> and to live in that paradox, that's the sukkah feeling. To live in the paradox <clears throat> of we're sitting in a sukkah, but we're protected by the Rebbein he cares about, he looks after each one of us. We're so important to him. And at the same time, to be able to look up to Shemayim and see, I'm insignificant in the bigger picture. We're, we're not very important in the bigger picture. And yet, each one of us is important to the Rebbein Hashem. That tension, that paradox, says the Prima Godim, is what one needs to feel on Sukkot. It's those Psukim. It's interesting. You all people put all sorts of Psukim in the, on the Sukkot. Besukkot stage, Vishivas, Yomim, and so on. You see the Psukim people hang up in the Sukkot. These are the Psukim that should be in the Sukkot. The others everybody knows. These are the, you want to put psukim up in the sukkah? These three psukim are what should be in the sukkah. Because the uh, primogodim says that's the reason that you need porosity in the schach, so that you remain connected to nature, so that you can feel this godless of, of, of the Rebbeinah Shalom, the smallness of the human being, and yet the importance of the human being. All in one moment, that's the moment of sukkah.